Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere And each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void or prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Hello, it is Ryan. And I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on ChumbaCasino.com. I looked over at the person sitting next to me. And you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's ChumbaCasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered ChumbaCasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby. Mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa. Take it easy, Judy. <laughs> The Chumba Life is for everybody. So go to ChumbaCasino.com and play over a hundred casino style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Hello and welcome to the Middlesex County Cricket League podcast. My name's Dan Huff from Twickenham. The season is nearly upon us. We're recording on Monday the 1st of May. So next Saturday will be not just the King's Coronation, it'll be the start of the Middlesex County Cricket League campaign. Now, we've been pretty open with our predictions, which, of course, we're not at all convinced by, but we we did that in the last pod. So this one, we're going to set the scene a little bit for week one and talk about what's happened in in the pre-season for, for, for across the eight divisions of the County League. As ever, I won't be doing that on my own. I'm joined by Salman Ali from North London. Sal, how are you? I'm good, Dan. I'm looking forward to next week. Hopefully the weather is like last year. Daily Star have not reported any heat waves yet, which is a bit of a concern. They mentioned mm. giant rats yesterday, but no heat waves. So. You mentioned giant rats? Yeah, there could be some giant rats arriving at some point during during the summer, but no, oh. no sign of the sun yet in terms of the stars prediction, but, you know, we've got a few weeks to go before they can really... Yeah, give it time, give it time. Have you managed to get much umpiring in yourself or have you been I'm taking not, a watching brief? Yeah, so I've not done any game at all. Yeah, all my games have been cancelled. So next week, whoever gets me, just be aware, I might be a bit rusty. Oh, Make it easy on me. But yeah, it's just yeah. unfortunately, as it is, the weather's been and grounds are too wet. All my games have been cancelled. So I'll be going in sort of, a, you know, next week, first game season. Just, you know, I'll be prepared. That's the main thing. Yeah, but I think that leads us into to, to the first thing I wanted to raise, actually, Sal, because certainly at Twickenham, we have got two, we've had two games, the first eleven, and both have been decent enough preseason matches. But it's been quite hard work getting fixtures on, and I, I can imagine a few sides might feel a bit undercooked, right? I mean, we can say that on our part, but saying that we did win it yesterday, but you know, our ground's been sort of saturated. Really, it's been grounds are working really hard to get the games going, but just been too wet. I know other clubs have probably got more games than others, which is, which is obviously a testament to memory where the ground locations are and the work that's put in behind the scenes. But, but yeah, it's been quite a tough preseason, I think, for many clubs. I think the fact that teams start now sort of early April, mid-April, and have that window, maybe getting two or three games in before the season starts, does help now, I think. Whereas before, I think normally you'd get one preseason game and the league kicked off, whereas I think now they're more prepared in terms of 
understanding there could be some weather around which affects games. Yeah, and it's a funny one, isn't it? I saw Lizzie Ammon, who of course lives lives in Middlesex, and a well-known sort of journalist with the Times, saying that she she wondered whether it would be better just pushing everything back a little bit and playing on right till the end of September. And I'm no expert on on the climate and on weather and when that whether that would actually get more cricket played. But you, you do sometimes find that September's really nice and you might want to play a bit longer. I, mean, I don't know if you've got an angle on that one. I think the only thing with that would be, I mean, our, our league is getting bigger and bigger each year, isn't it, now, with the addition of another division now. Yep. I am aware that some of these grounds are sort of dual use. So, you know, football during sure. the winter and cricket during the summer. So if the football sort of starts September, would these, would these clubs be lacking somewhere to play? If we were to extend maybe by two or three weeks, could that be an issue? That's a very fair comment. And to be honest, I was just thinking of the weather. There's lots of other reasons why cricket takes place at this, the specific times that it does in this country. But, but that's a very fair point. Sides will, will lose some of their facilities in September to football and rugby union. No yeah. doubt about that. So in terms of what's been played, have any, any results caught your eyes? Have any, been, been any pre-season fixtures where you thought that was an interesting outcome or, or X did well and Y didn't? And what interests me, actually, when you've got clubs from the same division as playing each other. So this weekend, we had Stanmore playing Bronsby, who are both in the mm-hmm. Prem. And Hampson playing North Middlesex also both in the Prem, which, you know, they'll be playing each other again twice at some point during the year if the weather's okay. So I always find it interesting when sort of clubs arrange friendlies against sides that are in the same division. If it's to get one over them, if it's just traditional, I don't know. But I do know that Tennant have had a good, good sort of start to their set campaign before the league kicks in. But they didn't want to hear that, Sarah. I know. Didn't right? want to hear that. They are looking quite strong. They beat Sunbury, I think it was yesterday. They played Cambridge University and beat them as well. Chris right. Wakefield, who we spoke about, haven't joined previously from Ealing. Scored 100 yesterday. So I think Tennant's are sort of brewing up for their first game. I don't know who that's against from Saturday, but whatever it is. Yeah. It might be on Twickenham Green. Yeah, no, no, no. All good. Yeah, well, strong well, side. Saying that, you, you, you guys, you can talk, talk more about it, but you've had two sort of good wins, haven't you, on, on the bounce? So. You're in a good position, I think. Better than you have been in the past, I would say. Just feel your squad at the minute. I think that's right. We're, we're traditionally really slow starters. Yeah. And, uh, you know, those first win-lose games have not been not been great to Twickenham over the years. And part of that has been that we've just taken ages to get going. And, you know, we played Horsham last week, of course, won the National a decade or so ago. And, and they had Will Beer playing for them and a guy who played for England in the 19s. And, yeah, managed to, managed to win that. So that was good. Just trying to, try to bed in some new players, really. As I, get, I guess a lot of clubs are, you, you never really know how players from the Southern Hemisphere are going to take to Northern Hemisphere conditions and they just got to play, just got to get into it. So, yeah, not, nice to have won two games, but we're not really reading too much into that. I mean, it's going to be a challenge in week one and we'll, we'll see what uh, see what that throws at us. No, I mean, I, I feel that your squad's got a different look about this year. You know, no no Scott Newman or Monty, which is obviously a loss, but however... It doesn't feel that itself. It doesn't say it does bring the age of your side <laughs> down, you know, by a bit. Put a bit more hungry, sort of younger sort of feel about the side. And having Gurdjieff back is, is a massive boost for you guys as well. And he seems to be bowling quite well from the place. Yeah, he got five for six yesterday against yeah. Q. Not, not, not quite the same level, but he, he bowled well. Yeah. I mean, you lost Rashid, which is a bit of a budget. Hopefully, will be an able replacement. And yeah, I think, I, think, I think you're definitely looking in a better position than you have been in the past. Well, well we have got, Saturn. You don't see many of, this, many of these bowlers in, in club cricket. We've got a Chinaman bowler, Angus McKenzie. So if anyone says left arm Chinaman, I will hunt them down. And kneecap them because all Chinamen are left armers because they can't be right armers. So it's Chinamen. And he, yeah, he took four for 18 yesterday and got a couple of wickets against Horsham. So I'm not saying he's going to rip the league up, but just, just keep a lookout. There ain't too many of those characters about. So Angus McKenzie, yeah, bowling his Chinamen. Should have kept that quiet, Dad. Told everyone now what you can do. 
Yeah, they'll find out anyway. Yeah, so yeah, yeah. It's a small world. So, but there we are. Any other results? I mean, I, I think it's an interesting point about playing sides from your own division, though, just very quickly on that. We, we would try not to do that. I don't know about you in North London. We would try and play sides that we wouldn't ordinarily expect to play in league cricket. Is that, is that a policy with you guys? We tend to play Highgate because they're obviously neighbours to us. Uh, we played you guys last season. and am shame we couldn't do this year, but again, the weather might be an issue. And we had games against Harrow scheduled. So, yeah, not, not in our division. But mainly in our league. I know I know Crouching actually is an interesting they they play teams from other Premier Division. So they've played Dante Bexy, I think that was cancelled. I think Chelmsford also from the Essex League was cancelled. They've been to Jersey on tour as well. So they sort of get out and about and I like that. widen the I range. Like I think it's a good idea. Just get to play new grounds and you know, you can you sort of make connections with people. So you you know, you can play against a side and one of the guys might move into the air and first thought call be you guys. So I think that's quite a sort of good way to make connections and contacts with people from the other cricketing sort of community. Sounds good to me. Sounds good to me. So some of these other games, there was a, well, I guess there was a preseason game of sorts on, no, it was today, wasn't it? The, the, the cup final from last year took place, which which in a, in a way is a perfect preseason fixture for the two teams involved. How did that one go? Well, Ealing won some great, well done to Ealing. So they're 2022 League Cup winners. Beat, beat Stanmore in quite a sort of low, low scoring game. One five nine played one three five. I think it was. Um, but it's good prep for both sides with the, with the white ball stuff starting next week. Well, sorry, the pink ball should they starting next week to get sort of an overs, over, limited overs game in. It's hard to tell where they're both at reading the season, but I do, you know, looking at both sides, they do do well in the one day format. So as I said, they'll both be quite pleased to get a game in and even be even more happy having become champions. Absolutely, never such a bad thing to have the first major bit of silverware in your locker on the first day of May, is it? That's, that's, that's always a good start to any season. So well done to Ealing and, and their guys for, for winning that. In terms of other Cubs, there's also been a bit of action around. I know you guys have been involved in the National, right? Yeah, we, had, we went to Suffolk Water yesterday, a bit of a journey, but the boys had a good day out from, by the sound and of it. And Suffolk is officially a humdinger, is that right? It was a very good game, yeah. Went down to last over. I think it was need. I think it needed five of the last ball. And I overseas, Cameron, who's arrived over here, managed to, was never got the job done for us, so... Hold on, it's over. Five of the last ball. So the game wow. would have been a tie if they, if they would see scored four, which the umpire wasn't too clear oh. apparently. But yeah, so it was a bit of an early end, but we, we got the job done. We won. Okay. Um, to me, that's good. I mean, South from more than a strong club. Yeah, that's, yeah. That, that's pretty I impressive. I mean, the, the APL side, you know, good tradition. By all accounts, lovely people, nice day out, but the next game won't be an easy one. We can play in Brentwood. Oh. They were very strong from the Essex Prem. But so what, as I said, it's good to go to new grounds. To, you know, play against different sides. That's good. So, I think she also had a good yesterday. They beat Hartford in, in their in their fixture, but Winchester Hill went down by one wicket to Sudbury, losing in the last over. Well, I'm interested with the Finchley result there because that is a good result. I mean, Hartford won't be won't be mugs, but of course, Finchley come back up to the Premier League, and I think they had a bit of churn in terms of players and, and perhaps behind the scenes as well. So, you know, we're, we're certainly keeping an eye on them to see how they how they settle. In the top flight, and, and winning the cup game like that won't do them any harm at all, right? No, because start for them. And obviously, Dave Burton led the attack. I think he took two or three wickets earlier on, so you know, he's still around. So, it's been watch out. Absolutely. Yeah, he, he'll, he'll be up for it, that's for sure. And T20 wise, there was a little bit of T20 action. Yeah, again, the rain around. did sort of play its part. So, there were some rounds called off, but I think okay. London, Highgate, Winchwell Hill, and Enfield all met Winchwell Hill today. And from what I gather, I might be wrong, but I think Winchwell might have gone through. They were playing Highgate in the final and looked in quite a good position. And we had a group where we had Ali Paddy, Harrison Rose, and East Coast, and the Harrison Rose are qualified. I think the others were all called off. I've not heard from one group, but the two others that were taking place were called off. So I think they're going to hopefully get on next week again, next Monday, to try again. 
Well, we've got a barrage of bank holidays, haven't we? So I suppose they're perfect for T20. Totally. Cool. So looking ahead to week one, now there's a whole host of potentially interesting fixtures because, of course, we haven't got a great deal to go on yet, just a few preseason games. But were there any in the Prem that caught your eye for next week? I mean, I, I think Twickenham and Teddington's an interesting one, although Teddington will be big favourites. But anything else out there? Well, you mentioned your side. I mean, as we spoke before in the past, it's at your place, though, and you are quite strong on the green. So it won't be an easy game for Teddington. You, I'm sure you guys will give it a good go. Could be an upset, who knows? But the other game that does catch my eyes, Crouch and Shepherds Bush. They've met previously, I think, on day one. And I think Crouch and might have come victors. So Shepherds Bush will be hoping to turn the tables on them. But again, two two sides have got second and third from last season. Both have obviously had good preseason by the looks of it. And it'll be a cracking game, I think. So where was okay. Yeah, and I think we all said in our prediction podcast that we thought Shepherds Bush could kick on and go go on better this year and, and really push for the title and if they're gonna do that then obviously they're gonna to have to they're gonna to have to to win at tough places like like the Calvert Brand. I mean it's not of course a case that it's a don't win on Saturday they won't win the league but I think it would be a statement if they could. Um and I will certainly be following that with interest because Crowdgender Crowd Osido I think will be looking as as you've alluded to before to bounce back as it were after not retaining their title. So definitely an interesting one there. I mean, Ealing North Middlesex is another one. Two two big hitters in the league. And as we've just said, Ealing already got a bit of silverware to show off. And North Middlesex have got a production line of young talent. So I think that game at Corvin Road w- will be interesting. You got any thoughts on that one? Any hunches as to which way it'll go? Yeah. Tough one, Dan. Again, Ealing obviously, you know, happy after today's win. In fact, Robbie White's going to play for them as well, judging by the fact he's played in preseason games in today. So with him in your ranks, you've got transient chances. Yeah, but again, it's tough on the call. That's one of the ones where I just look at and think, absolutely. Yeah. Well, give us a couple of weeks to get into the groove of how teams are faring. But yeah, I think that's it's just a classic fixture, isn't it, in a way? So in the last decade, there have been two two of the most impressive teams. So always worth keeping an eye on, on, on how that one pans out. Elsewhere, Division 1, anything caught your eye there in terms of opening day fixtures? Well, we've got two games where potential promotion sides are going to take each other on. So Acton, Trace Richmond. And Horns and Playhouse at Mary's, I'm sure all four of those clubs will be thinking promotion is one is their target. Can they get up? And, you know, who's going to get the early sort of bragging rights in terms of, you know, gets the points on the board earlier on? Again, it's that, I mean, again, can't pick. <laughs> it's that so hard to choose out both all those sides. Richmond, we know how strong they are acting, but under Seahill's sort of a leadership, a very canny captain. He knows what he, what he wants from his players. You know, again, I'm not, yeah. not going to choose out those two. I can't actually. I think as Mark Twain once famously said, the predictions are really hard to make, particularly about the future. And, and I think he's got a point. One thing I'll say about Acton, and I've said this before, and, and you know, been accused of saying it too frequently, but I think as a unit, they, they don't have too many genuine off days. So they'll obviously be 50 or eight now, I've said that. But I think that they, they have a, a teamness about them. And that's been the case for a few years. Richmond, on, on the other hand, will have, I think, the hunger of being relegated and wanting to bounce back. So that, that's a classic sort of first day encounter where both both sides will go into it with with, with, with plenty you know plenty to, to, to not to prove but they will have the toolkit to do well in this division so it'd be good to see how they that they that they that they pan out and Harrison Mary's I mean they've been so close over the last two years that I'd be pretty surprised if they're not there or thereabouts so I've got a feeling that Hornsey you know recruited quite well with the signs of things but Hornsey have got a tough one there and, uh, you know, I think Harrison Mayer is going to be quite hard to beat through the season. So I almost predicted they'd win there. So I didn't quite have the courage to say those words. But I think Harris, Harrison Mayer will be a tough team to beat. So that's as near as I'll get. No, I agree with that. I mean, again, until these sort of sides get on the pitch and start playing, we, 
We don't know much about the new players in terms of they've come out of the leagues, how good they are. You can check stats and you can hear people's opinions on them, but until they actually go out there and perform, it's all kind of a hearsay, really. Whereas if you know about certain players, you know, we know Harris St. Rose, we've got Ravi Patel and Carl Kazmi, who are two fantastic players. Decent players. You know, we know yeah. what they can do. So that's almost like that's a given, but they're going to perform on the day, especially in, in a format where the wickets will be sort of slow and maybe sort of really difficult to play. It could be the, the spin of Harris St. Rose, which could be the key. And obviously, you never quite know who's going to be playing, do you? You never quite know if anyone's picked up any any knocks in the preseason or late arrivals into teams. Yeah. And that, that sort of leads me to Division 2 because it sounds like Highgate may, may have made a reasonably interesting acquisition that we didn't or we weren't aware of when we were making our predictions. And, and Highgate played Wickham House, which, which which looks to me like could be an interesting encounter, right? Yes, yeah, so Johan's obviously been working hard behind the scenes, as mentioned in the previous spot. He wouldn't, wouldn't tell me who he'd signed or they've actually been quite clever. Whether this is by intent or not, I don't know, but none of the players that, he has signed to be registered on the website at the moment, but they have picked up. Yeah, it's just disorganised. You think so? He's not playing the old Ferguson well, mind games, maybe trying to be a bit clever and let everyone keep guessing. Yes, Alex Ferguson, I like it. I like this. Yeah, they, have a, they have signed, I think, Saleh Saman from Lanka Lines, who, as you mentioned in the past, has got what, over 100 games down first hospital kit back in Sri Lanka. I'd have to look it up. A significant number of first class yeah. games in Sri Lanka. Yeah. yeah. It's not a bad pedigree, is it? And he, well, he backed up last season, I think, double 100. Took quite a few wickets as well. So he's he's signed for Highgate, which is a big sign, I think. You know, you've got him, you've got Josh Fish, and you've got Ben Donkers, three match winners on their days. You can destroy any sides, especially the bat. So if I knew that beforehand, then maybe inside I'd tip, but I'm going to stick with Kenton. But, um, you've got no choice, Sal. We can't, we can't have a change in that. Yeah, and they've also yeah. picked up Jeremy Christian, who won the Young Player of the Year award last year from West Harrow, left arm spinner, quite a young lad, home partner last year in a game. Got, Good control, but you know, can he make the jump up from playing on wickets, which are probably not so good compared to Div 2? High gets that we know the small ground. Spinners, it could be a graveyard for them. So how would he make that transition into Division 2 levels up from where he's played? And obviously, it'd be a bit challenge for him, and I'm sure he's up for it. But you know, if he, if he hits off as well, then... As mentioned a second ago, Highgate could be a very dangerous side. A strong-looking Highgate against a, a newly promoted Wickham House, who who have also, I think they're also bouncing back a bit after having a few years where, where life's been a bit tough. Interesting place for Highgate to go first up, so we will we will keep an eye on that one. Div 3, a couple of games caught my eye there, Sal. I mean, I, I think most of us said we thought Ali Pali might be quite strong again. And they're playing newly promoted K+, about which I, I don't know a great deal, I'll be honest with you. But, but a newly promoted side will always, you think, go into the next season with a degree of confidence. So it'll be interesting to see how they match up against a side that will be looking to go up. So Ali Pali v K plus was one of the games there. And the other one for me was Actonians v London Tigers. I know London Tigers are generally quite an old side, but that brings with it lots of experience. And they have got players who've been around a bit. And they'll be playing Actonians, another team who I think will, will, will you know, fancy themselves to be at the, the, the right rather than wrong end of the table. So two, two early season fixtures there that, that I think might be worth keeping an eye on. Did four, anything there? Well, this fixture, London Sportive, Sutton Stonington relegated, sportive having just come up. So you've got two sides with sort of, you know, statements to make early on, you'd think. There's a bit of an extra edge to this game, actually. I wouldn't say an edge, actually, just a bit more extra interesting sort of thing to think about is we have an umpire making this MCCL debut that day. The fixture which will take place at Regent's Park is going to be officiated by Angus Fraser. Is it really? Yeah, so he's going to be um, umpiring 
that fixture. So good luck to him. I hope he has a good day. So yeah, that'd be yeah, that'd be good. And in terms of the result itself, performance itself, we know starting to a, a young side, lots of good young talent, but have sort of probably struggled in the part. They haven't got much experience, and you do come and get some very experienced sides in, in these leagues and divisions. I don't know much about sportive to us. Obviously, winning or coming up last year, they can't be a, too much of a bad side. So. That should be an interesting game, but if we play the Regents Park, the wicket I think is going to be the key. Couldn't, I can't imagine them having covers there. So how much work has been done on the pitch and the outfield itself will be another question. But that could be one where it could be maybe a low-scoring game. Saying that, well, got to think, it might be a low-scoring game, but I bet you there's some aggressive batting. Okay. People, people won't hang around to find out whether the, when that ball with their name on it arrives. So there could be a few shots played, right? That's the only way to go, I think. You know, playing grounds like that, there's no point trying to dig in and grind out what you can, just, just chance your arm, I suppose, and see what happens. The amount of time, Sal, I poked around 20 overs, managed to get to the 20 over mark and be like 15, like, you know, it, it, in the end, you know, th- th- there is a little bit of, uh, to, to say for, for trying to get what you can while you survive. Yeah, definitely. But again, that 15 not out, or if you scored, you know, sort of chasing sort of 90, and you're still in it, yeah, mate. Get over the line, mate. It all counts. Yeah, you're a very generous man, Tom. Fair play. Yeah, yeah. No, that, that, that's one to look out for. I agree. Agree with you there. And there's a sort of similar thing going on in Division Five. That London Super Kings, another side who've come up, and that they they've done pretty well. And they're playing one of the one of the guess the traditional sides in the Middlesex Championship, Perivale Phoenicians, who I think I'm right in saying went down. You know, they didn't have the greatest of 2022s. But I think if one side has got the sort of infrastructure to come back, then then it would be a side like Perivale. So you, you've got an older club. A bigger club playing one of the newbies who seems to be doing pretty well. So Super Kings versus Perivale was my choice in, in in Division Five. If folks want to want to look for any particular fixtures there, Div Six. Div Six is, is, is my side from last year, who, as we mentioned before, let me down for a variety yeah. of reasons. I was really keen on them getting actually winning the league, let alone getting promotion. Stallions. So they they, they take on Kingsbury Construction. I think last year actually this game might be the one where. There's issues about the ground and some keys or some kind of situation getting into the venue. I remember joking oh. about it in terms of construction and not getting to building. So that, if that does take place, which I'm hoping it does, it could be a good starting point for both sides. But the Stallions have their, you know, the players they can pick from, which is, I think, quite a good cohort. I think they'll be too strong. Yeah. Well, Stallions are one of those sides who, who racked up hundreds and hundreds of runs last year and hundreds and hundreds of wides seemed to be bold in the games that, that they were involved in. That's not meant to be an affront on Stallions, but they did seem to score loads of runs. And we had one game that I think they were involved in where there was over 100 wide. So maybe if they do play, they probably won't, you know, they probably won't be finished at nine o'clock you know, with, with all the wides that are potentially going to be happening in limited overs cricket. But we'll see how that one goes. Division 7? Sounds like we've got a Hollywood blockbuster in the making, doesn't it? Metadors versus Kingsman. I'd say more like on the day that the King is crowned. Yeah, for more like Bollywood potentially. Yeah, Metadors, Kingsman, Metadors make. I mean, they're both making the babies, aren't they, in, in the league? So good luck to all the sides in Division 7 making Absolutely. the attempt to yeah. see their you know, sort of fruitful experience. Yeah, I mean, again, we know nothing about both, about both, about both sides, playing ability wise, personnel. But again, I'm sure it's going to be a, you know, interesting game. But again, I can't make a prediction on that one down at all. I'm totally nah, no, no predictions there. Just, just ones to keep an eye. Let's see how they go, and and you know, people like you and I will be, we'll be logging on when we finished our day's cricket ourselves to see how how everyone has fared. Just an obvious point: if you want to get in touch with us and tell us tell us about your game, then you can you can certainly tweet me or Sal. You can you can get in touch with us a whole variety of ways. 
because if we know what's happened, then we've got more chance to talk about yeah, it. Yeah, we've got so, we've got an address opening that Paul set up for us well. We do. Email address. Have we got that at hand? Do you want to read it out? Or should we Nope, I don't. We'll attach, <laughs> the, we'll attach the link when we send it exactly. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Thanks to Paul Smith for providing that. And I should really have noted it down before I started that sentence. But yeah, we we're certainly keen to know what people have done. And, and email is, is is one way if you want to tell us. Moving on from week one, you've done a bit of digging around in terms of milestones, haven't you, Sam? And it looks like a few people have got potentially really quite impressive milestones that they could reach in 2023. Yeah, this mainly sort of involves players who play in the Premier Division. So Christian Martin, who I mentioned earlier, is captain, victorious today. He needs one more wicket to overtake, or well, actually, level. Ben Claypon two five six. Now, if he takes one more wicket, he overtakes him. If he takes fifteen more wickets, then he goes into third place of all the leading wicket takers in the Premier League. So that's something he'd be targeted for. for the data that we have. You yeah, know, in, in the modern era, as it were. Exactly. Works. Yeah, to make that point clear. So he's he's needs another fifteen. I'm sure the one wicket will come pretty soon. And how long the fifteen comes, we down to him obviously. But I'm sure that's something he's targeted as well. In terms of batters, so. Man, you really, really know well, Carlos Nunes, your captain. Yep. He now is just, he needs just over 250 runs to be in the top five million runs scored in the Premier League. So, I mean, that's a fantastic achievement. Absolutely. Um, wow. And actually, to even, to even better that, if he scores over 300 runs this year, he'll go second in the all-time leading batting list. And behind, can, do you know off the top of your head? He'll be behind Jack Plum. Actually, actually right. he'll overtake Jack Plum. I'll really get it up. Or it could be only a second on that, if you can. So that's something, again, Carlos, I'm sure, is aiming for. He's, I'm sure, he's raring to go. I think he's trying to get a new bat from what I last heard. Yes, yeah, so he'll go and... It's funny you say that. I mean, I, I don't... I, I, I mean, I think he looks at stats a little bit, but I remember once talking to him about Weybridge and saying that we played in a national knockout game against Weybridge and we, we'd won. And I, I said, do you remember it? And he said... To be honest, I don't, I don't really that know. I mean, what, what, what happened? And then I said, well, you've got 149 for starters. And she said, oh, yeah, I think I remember it. And I was like, <laughs> you think you remember it? You know, I can remember every one of the hundreds I scored and talk you through them, Sal, in great detail. But Carlos, I think he genuinely was struggling a bit. But, but yeah, so he's not a stats guru. No. But I think he, he would be aware of the significance of yeah, those. Yeah, so 305, I think, needed to go in second place. They overtake Jack Plum. And yep. he's got Jim Gatton ahead of him, who is still playing. So both the top two still play, will be still yeah. players are both playing in front still. Evan Flowers is also in fifth place, also needs another, uh, just over 250 to actually hit the 7,000 mark. So he's counting yeah. on 6744. Um, and there's a couple of guys hoping to sort of get to the 4,000 marks. And, and Will Van der Spar from Hampstead and North Mississippi, respectively, will both be looking to sort of get that, you know, into that sort of select group of players and score that many runs. Yeah, so it's interesting Fantastic. for these guys, you know, it's always good to obviously they will have their team goals, but they can add these to their sort of personal goals as well. Well, cricket's a great a great thing like that, isn't it? It's a, it's a very much a team game, but obviously there's all sorts of personal milestones and personal achievements and personal performances that make a difference too. So, yeah, we'll we'll keep an eye on all of those things. Moving on, there are one or two new laws that we need to be aware of. So, now if I got this right, none of these are actually going to fundamentally change the nature of the game, but there are one or two things that players might not be aware of. No, I'm not going to go into detail now. Because there's been a circular sent to cricket, all the club captains and contacts by right. David Halley from the league itself. So I would suggest to all the, all the captains out in contacts, please speak to your players and, and anyone else within your club and needs to know these things. That there's been some couple of amendments, minor amendments in some respects, but just be aware of what's taking place. So 
And so we won't go into it right now because it's... Okay. Well, there was nothing in particular that caught your eye. There was no sort of reworking of the MANCAD rule. I know we're not allowed to call it MANCADs or whatever, but all of these are relatively minor, right? Yeah. I mean, there's, wide, there's one around wide which has been adopted by the leagues, but we're not going to adopt it. So it just comes sort of down to some sort of league playing regulations and we decide not to adopt the, the new kind of situation regarding wides. It may happen next year, but at the minute it's not going to be involved. So that's not nothing to really worry about. Um, and I'm sure everyone knows about the striker when they get caught, and you know you can't obviously swap ends anymore when, when you're out. So oh yeah, that is one. Yeah, that, that is one that people would will come across at some point. Yeah, but yeah, as I said, yes, as I said, captains, contacts, or clubs just relay any information that you receive from David back to your Cooknitin um, community within your club. Cool, sounds good to me. One last thing from me, folks: registrations. Paul Smith does a phenomenal job of getting everybody on the system, in the right way, before before the season starts or before the weekend where they'd like to play. But he ain't going to move at 10pm on Tuesday just because you, or 10pm on Wednesday just because you want him to. But if you've got players to register, the simple message is do it as quickly as you possibly can. It gives the league and Paul time to process these applications. And of course, most applications are straightforward, but you don't want to be there on a Wednesday worrying about X needing to be released by Y when, when you could have done it beforehand. So get those registrations in so that Paul has time to process them and you have time to deal with it if, if anything is not quite in order. Anything else from you, Sal? Anything else just catches your eye? I've just got the email address up, actually. So it's oh, God, well, podcast at middlesexccl.com. Um, so anything you want... That's come actually straight through to me and you, doesn't we? We'll yeah, get that. So. We'll, we'll get that sent to us and we'll, we'll look through. So yeah, feel free, anything you want to mention to us, good or bad, I'm sure we'll be happy to sort of sit down and go for it. No naughty words, no need for yeah, any of that. Yeah. Offers on tees, yeah, we'll have all of them. Definitely, um, that's one I'm definitely up for. But yeah, so yeah, next season, a... just, you know, what we go down, exciting time. Yep. We should run a book, Sal, on who's going to be the first person to land in that. I know who I think it'll be. I'm <laughs> yeah, not going to so say. do I, but I'm not going to mention <laughs> We will see if we're thinking on the same lines this time next week. Cool. As ever, folks, we will record on Sunday evening. So if you have information for us during the season, we need it before 8 o'clock on Sunday evenings so that we can include it. Do hit us with what you've got. Go well, folks. Let's hope it doesn't rain. And yeah, enjoy the season. Cheers, Sal. Bye, bye. Sports Social Podcast Network. With Lucky Landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. <gasps> no, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.